If you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 24. We'll be reading verses 1 through 12. If you don't have your actual Bibles with you, if you would like to turn on a smartphone or any device you have, you might go to something like Bible Gateway. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. We're told that on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Well, they were perplexed about this. Behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Johanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed like idle tale, and they didn't believe them. But Peter rose and ran into the tomb, and stooping, he looked in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Far too many people live lives filled with fear, guilt, and shame. Amen? Amen. We have had a recent study that was done around anxiety that people have. And it was discovered that in the last 10 years, people's anxiety has doubled, meaning double the number of people who say they suffer from severe anxiety compared to 10 years earlier. What's remarkable about that study is it was done before the pandemic. So if you think about how much things have changed even since then, it's certainly much higher. Why? Because we get so caught up and consumed with fear, guilt, and shame. Fear is pretty much defined as, I don't have enough. That means that when we get fearful, we are either afraid of losing something we have because we feel like something could be taken away from us, or fear that we're not going to get something that we want. And fear will do awful things in relationships. You'll find people getting very angry. We ourselves can get very frustrated when we start living out of fear. And we'll discover that we make the wrong kind of choices and have the wrong kind of actions in our lives. Guilt is different. If fear says, I don't have enough, guilt says, I haven't done enough. That's where we live in the past. And we get ourselves consumed on, I wish I had done more. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I say this? And it starts to take over as we, a good friend of mine says that some of us live so much worrying about the future, that's our fear, or living in the past, that's our guilt that we miss today. The other thing that can be paralyzing in our life is shame. Shame says, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough, I haven't done enough, or I'm not good enough. Well, here's the good news that we discover through the resurrection and through who we are in Christ. We have enough, amen? I'm going to say that again. We have enough, amen? 
We do. We have enough. We keep thinking somehow we need more, and we're going to talk about that. Now, it isn't that we have done enough. I've got good news for you. You haven't done enough. Neither have I. None of us have. We've made mistakes, and, and we call it sin. We miss the mark. But it's not that we've done enough, but enough has been done for us. And that's what God does for us, the things for us that we cannot do for ourselves. And then ultimately, none of us need to worry about not being good enough because we are loved. We are beloved. You are a created child of God that God doesn't make mistakes. And every one of us is perfectly formed by our Heavenly Father who loves us tremendously. And then the message of this week and Easter is that if you were the only one in the world who ever did wrong and everybody else had lived a perfect life around you, Jesus loves you so much that he would have come into this world just personally for you to die for you. That's how loved and cherished you are. That's good news. We don't have to do more. We don't have to have more. And we never need to look at ourselves as not being good enough. We spend time, like I did, getting ready for Easter this morning. Hope that the tie and shirt look pretty good here. Got thumbs up here? We go out of our way to do that. As if somehow changing our outside changes our inside, and it doesn't. But allows us to put on this front that we put in front of other people about this is who we want to present ourselves, all the while people don't know what's going on in our own head. Only we do. It's a little squirrel cage that starts going where we just start ruminating and thinking. And yes, it does begin with fear. This idea that I don't have enough, that somehow I can lose the things that I have, and, and it gets us in very negative places. Why did the women go to the tomb? Why did they show up on the first day of the week? Because they had seen Jesus die? And because it was Passover, they were not able to have time to prepare the body. And so they show up on the first day of the week, going early in the morning, really quite concerned about a lot of things and fearful that they weren't going to be able to move a, a stone. Somehow somebody would see them. We don't know all the thoughts that they were having. Now thinking that they were all alone. And then Luke tells us that they were terrified. Early the first day of the week, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went and they didn't find the body of Jesus. Alone, all by themselves, fearful. Verse 5 and 6 says, As they were frightened, they bowed their face to the ground. And two men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Fear can grip us in really dark ways in our life. Now, sometimes when I think about fear, I sort of think of it in a humorous way because one of the things of anybody who knows me well knows that I don't like to be alone. So much so that I go anywhere. I always ask somebody to go with me. And I'm going to talk about her later in this message, but we have a new puppy. I've discovered that I can always take her with me anywhere, and she never says no. Of course, I have a leash on her, so I don't think she could make that choice if she wanted to. But sometimes I'll come over here to this church building at night, and it's totally dark. And I think if anybody in my congregation would see me, they would think I'm nuts. So I certainly don't want to tell them what I'm doing. But what I do is I make sure I turn all the lights on. And then sometimes as I'm walking out of the building, 
I'll forget to turn one light off. I'll go to the next one. I'll go, oh, I forgot to turn that light off. I'll turn this one on. I'll go down there, turn the light on in the end of the hall, and all of a sudden think, oh, no, i got to go through that dark area. And I'll sprint to the other end of the hallway, get through, and walk out the front door. Yeah, crazy. Fear can be humorous, but fear isn't humorous. Because the real fears that we have in life are those fears that somehow we're going to lose something we have or not get enough. The resurrection is a time to be reminded that Jesus is alive and we don't need to take a puppy with us to have someone with us. Christ is with us wherever we are, no matter what we face no matter what we're going through, no matter what we think about the future. And therefore, you and I don't have to be afraid of losing something because we are going to be okay. There's so many times in our life when we get ourselves preoccupied on something in the future and we're living and worrying about it and all of a sudden we discover that Christ took care of it anyhow. We serve a risen Savior. The Holy Spirit is working in our lives and in the lives of others. And so many times, the things that we get ourselves preoccupied with, we discover, just like those women discovered when they showed up at the tomb, wondering how they were going to roll the stone away, and the stone is rolled away. That's why I love the old hymn. We sang it in our sunrise service, Because He Lives. Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Because He Lives, All Fear Is Gone. Rather than looking at our lives and wondering, do I have enough? The message of the Christian faith and the message of Easter is we have enough because we serve a risen Savior who's with us no matter what, and not only today, but into our future. But it's not only our fear that can paralyze us, it's also our guilt. This unfortunate idea that I haven't done enough. Ever been there? Think about the past and think, man, I wish I would have done that different. Wow, I wish I would have said this one more thing. When we get consumed with that, it literally can take over our lives. Verses 6 through 8, we read that the two men standing before these women say, he's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered Jesus' words. Did you catch that? They remembered. At a moment in their life when they thought, what's going on? Have I done enough? What do I need to do? What have I missed? They're reminded to remember what Jesus taught them. Same thing is true for every one of us. No matter where we go, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we start thinking about, when we start thinking, I didn't do enough, or I should have said this, or wherever our heads go, we can pause and we can remember. Words of Jesus, like, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The first thing that we remember when we start feeling our guilt about something in the past is we're forgiven. Grace and forgiveness is universally offered to every single one of us. And yes, we missed the mark. Yes, we haven't done enough. Yes, we could have done it better. But that's the good news. Jesus has forgiven us. Amen, folks? Amen. We don't have to carry the burdens of yesterday or, or the compulsions of something that we should have done or worrying why did we make that mistake. I like to call the guilt of our life stinking 
thinking. Hear that? Stinking thinking. Because when you and I start obsessing and thinking about the stuff that, man, I wish it would have been different, there's nothing we can do about it. And so the first opportunity we have to move forward is to accept what Jesus has told us in his word, that we are forgiven, that as we trust in him and we understand what happened on the cross, that our sins were literally nailed to the cross, and the power of the resurrection brought our Savior back to life, we do not have to hold on to the mistakes we made in the past. Because you know what? I'm not good enough. And neither are you. None of us are. The reason we can get caught up in our thoughts of guilt is because we really did do some things wrong. Every single one of us. I got news for you. I'm not a good enough husband. I'm not a good enough father. I'm not a good enough grandfather. And I'm not a good enough pastor. None of us are. When we think about somehow expecting that we need to get it perfect. We do not need to get it perfect, and we're not going to get it perfect. But we're forgiven, and that makes all the difference. Somebody was looking at my keychain the other day, and they read on it, perfectly imperfect. I said, yeah, it's the only thing I do perfect. I'm perfectly imperfect. And that's who we are as Christians. That's who we are as human beings. Instead of dwelling over what we should have said or could have said or should have done or could have done or why did we do that, we look to the power of the resurrection and the forgiveness that's offered us in Christ. My older brother and I were talking one day, and I think our oldest son at the time was probably about 12 years old. And Daniel said to me, do you know what the scariest moment is as a parent? I said... Yeah, when that baby's born and I had to look down and think, am I going to be a good enough dad? He goes, nope, that's not it. I said, my child went to school for the first time and I had to think of getting them on the bus and they were going to go away to school. He goes, nope, that's not it either. I said, how about when they go off to college? Now, 12-year-old at the time, I wasn't thinking too much of college. And I said, college or when the children move away and, and move out of the home? He goes, no, that's not it either. I said, okay, what's the scariest moment as a parent? He said, when you hand the car keys over to your son. He said, you start asking the question, did I do enough? Did I teach enough? Did I help them to drive long enough? Did I go through every single thing that they needed to go through? And he said, you know what you're going to discover? No, you didn't. None of us do. And he said, that's why when your child takes those car keys for the first time, Remember to pray. You see, we do not have to be good enough, and we won't be good enough. And we don't have to live with the guilt of feeling like we needed to do one more thing. Instead, we trust in the one who has done enough for us, for our children, for our family, for our nation, for our world. Amen. And when we get ourselves obsessed over thinking that it's all about us, we miss the power of Easter. For Easter reminds us that we don't need to do more. Jesus did it all and takes care of the rest. So we have our fear. We have our guilt. Our fear that we don't have enough, but we find we have enough in Christ. Our guilt that we haven't done enough, but we discover we don't need to because Christ has done it and we can trust in him. 
And then Easter asks us to confront our shame. I'm not good enough. I look at others and I see what great lives they, they live. Well, if you don't believe it, just go to Facebook. Everybody lives a perfect life out there and I never get to live a life that great. And then we go to that moment of, am I good enough? Well, Easter is the most remarkable story because you are good enough. Not because you're good enough, but because God loves you and created you and has a wonderful plan for your life and a purpose for you and me every single day. And that is the good news of the gospel. In verse 12, we read that Peter rose and he ran to the tomb and stooping and looking in. He was confused and not knowing what's going on, but he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. And he went home marveling at what had happened. The grave clothes were a reminder that they were no longer needed. Jesus had completely completed his work on this earth and all had been done and our forgiveness was completely taken care of. When we hold on to our shame, we're holding on to grave clothes. We're acting like we're dead people. And we're thinking that somehow it's not enough for me. That somehow God doesn't love me enough. But Easter is a time to celebrate that you are so important that Jesus gave his life for you. And the power of God himself was manifest for each and every single one of us. Not only are we good enough, we're created. We're not mistakes. Do you ever feel like a mistake in life? Many people do. You're not a mistake. For God so loved this world. And that goes for each of us. Now, I mentioned to you earlier about our little puppy. One of the things that Regina and I often say is that when we first started dating, we realized we had dogs in common. Even when we were in college, we had a couple of times where we rescued a dogs and found homes for them. So we were excited when we were able to get our first dog, a little ass apso. Her name was Molly. She lived almost 17 years. Following Molly, we had a boxer, and her name was Sal. We had her until we moved here to Plymouth. And after Sal, we had Michelle, and Michelle was our beloved little dog that we had for the last 11 years. And she died this last summer, or this last fall in November. What Regina and I started to do was start to think about our next dog. So we found a place where we could go, and we could look at all of these puppies, and we got a list of puppies, and we looked at him independently, and we both chose the same dog. But that's a dog we want. Then we got a hold of the breeder. Now, the breeder was living in Oklahoma, and we started asking the breeder for pictures, because this was our dog. We'd already picked out the puppy. Now we're writing and calling to this person. One point I said, honey, do you think we're asking too much of, of this breeder? Is she going to get tired of us? And he goes, yeah, I think she's really going to be happy that somebody wants the puppy. So we started getting puppy pictures printed off over at CVS, and our little Ruby was going around holding a picture of our next puppy. We named the puppy. We even went out and got for Ruby a little boxer stuffed dog so she could see what our new puppy was going to look like. Getting the point, we started loving this dog. We start caring about the puppy. We haven't even seen the dog yet. And then one day, it comes time for our puppy to come. We hired a nanny. You got it right. Our dog had her own nanny, brought her all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the nanny meets us at, the, up at Logan Airport and shows up with the dog and hands a dog to Regina, and she just holds her puppy. And we thought, man, do we love that puppy. Started thinking about that. 
That puppy was bought with a price. Probably too much of a price. The other day I was talking to Regina. I said, do you think we paid too much for this dog? She goes, we love our dog. <laughs> our puppy has no shame. She knows we love her. If you don't believe it, come over to our house and look at how she tears through our house and think she owns a place. She was bought with a price. She was chosen. She was loved before she arrived. When she did things wrong, we already knew she was going to do things wrong, and we offer her forgiveness. You're starting to hear a point? We're better than puppies. We're God's creation. We're loved by our Savior, Jesus. We are chosen, the Bible tells us, before the foundation of the world. Millions and billions of years ago, far before you ever thought of showing up to Faith Community Church for an Easter service, God already had your design in mind. And when it came time for us to mess up and go the wrong way, not only did Jesus buy us, he purchased us with his own life. Far more than Regina and I did with our beloved little Elsa. This Easter, as we think of those grave clothes lying there, we realize that there's nothing more that God needs to do for any one of us. Because we do not live according to fear, thinking we don't have enough, we have enough. We do not go through life with guilt, thinking we haven't done enough. We know we haven't done enough, but he has, and he's done it for us. And not one of us goes through life being gripped with our shame and thinking that somehow I need to just change myself on the outside so I can present myself before others so they'll never know what's going on on the inside because we are beloved creatures of God. So much so that Jesus gave his life for every single one of us. You think there's power in Easter? Do you think there's power in the resurrection? When we experience the love that God has for us, nothing is more important. Easter Day is a day to remember that God loves you. He chose you. And most importantly, Jesus paid the ultimate price. He gave his life for every one of us. That we could not just know him, but get through the guilt, the shame, the fear, and all of the things that life tries to throw our way as those squirrel cages start going in our head. And we can do like those women. And remember the words of our Savior. I pray this Easter and every day of our life we would understand the power of the resurrection and what this day is all about. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love which is so far beyond anything that we can comprehend. There's so many places and people who tell us that we're inadequate or we need to do more or how could you have made this mistake? We know none of that comes from you. It all comes from the enemy. For your purpose in our life is to tell us that you love us unconditionally. And yes, you know the things we've done wrong more so than we do because sometimes we lie to ourselves and think that somehow that will change us. But instead, you invite us to just accept the freedom that you offer. If any of us are here this morning and don't understand who you are. May your Holy Spirit speak to us and open our hearts to your love, to your grace that is beyond comprehension. For we know today that we serve a risen Savior who's in this world and living in our lives, in whose name we pray.
Amen.